Welcome to the Protoss Podcast. Today's date is Friday the 23rd of July and you're listening to a weekly roundup of the most important stories from the past week as reported by us. This week we covered a lookalike crypto mining operation, if it can be called crypto mining, that's more akin to a game of FIFA and a warehouse of PlayStations. Next, we covered one of the largest sentences to date for a crypto Ponzi scheme that spanned decades and robbed millions. But first, a descent into a rabbit hole of reviews. Some of the world's top crypto companies are hiring. The question is, are they worth working for? This week, employer review website Glassdoor shone a light on the inner workings of the crypto industry, and we decided to compare the ratings and reviews of some major players to see if things add up. And they kind of don't. In terms of overall scores on Glassdoor, the top-rated crypto firms to work for are DCG, Coinbase and Exchange, OKEX. The lowest-rated are blockchain company Tron, Exchange, Huobi and EOS developer Block One. Glassdoor also provides scores for company leaders, and while some companies don't have this data available, we can see that Tron and MicroStrategy have very low CEO approval ratings. And while a comparison to traditional finance companies is hard, without full Glassdoor data, companies like Nasdaq, New York Stock Exchange and the S&P Global have the highest CEO approval ratings. Finally, Glassdoor looks at friend referral and most glaringly, Huobi has a score of 44 and Tron is only slightly higher at 53. Leading the pack again is DCG with a full score of 100. In comparison, the highest score in traditional firms is 84, belonging to S&P Global. The Federal Reserve has the lowest at 57. So, looking at these three categories holistically, a few patterns begin to emerge. Firstly, Tron and Huobi have fared worst in all three categories. DCG seems to be doing remarkably well, as do Coinbase, OKEx and Kraken. At the outset, this all seems fine and dandy. In the case of Tron in particular, things seem to add up, but once you read the reviews, the high numbers start to look suspicious. Scrolling through each company's page, you'll mostly find positive reviews from people who have been there less than a year, but there are usually a slew of scathing critiques, often from employees who've worked at the company for more than one year. Let's take a look at Glassdoor reviews for DCG, Coinbase, OKEx and Kraken, as these fared the highest in overall scores. DCG has a total of seven reviews, all of them positive, but the latest one was made in 2017 by an intern who worked there for less than a year. Coinbase has 217 reviews. The critiques mention a poor work-life balance, high turnover rate, bottom line mentality and questionable leadership. Interestingly, its chief people officer, LJ Brock, replies to all of the bad reviews. He says in one, quote, We want to be transparent that there is no initiative in place to specifically reduce the intensity of the work hours or job demand, and that we don't intend to limit our ambitions by a traditional 40-hour work week, end quote. Next, the Glassdoor page for OKEx holds 33 reviews. Those giving poor scores cite lack of organisation, innovation and leadership. And then there's Kraken. Its Glassdoor page has 115 reviews, most of them positive. But scroll down just a little and you'll find some troubling words by present and former employees. Several critiques mention that positive reviews have been written by management and HR. Another reads, quote, check the red warning banner on this page. That's why there aren't more negative reviews here. I guarantee leadership will attempt to figure out who posted this, end quote. 
There is a red warning at the top of Kraken's page. It says, This employer has taken legal action against reviewers and or Glassdoor for the reviews that have appeared on this profile. Please exercise your best judgment when evaluating this employer. So, Kraken is currently suing someone for leaving a Glassdoor review. We reached out to Kraken, but at press time, they are yet to supply us with a comment. So far, Kraken's attempts to silence Glassdoor reviewers have been unsuccessful. And while going after someone for exercising free speech poses a serious dilemma, it's just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Glassdoor. Glassdoor lawsuits are so common that the very first question on its content FAQ page reads, how do I serve legal documents on Glassdoor? Lawsuits are filed left, right and centre, but due to free speech laws, it's not often that they're successful. Regardless, Glassdoor's policies on handling legal disputes raises a few questions. Red flags include warnings that are only up when a lawsuit is ongoing, similar to the one on Kraken's. Once it's settled or closed, the warning is removed. This makes it rather difficult for job seekers to get a full picture of the company's history with disgruntled employees. But given the significance Glassdoor has afforded the issue on its FAQ page, it's safe to assume lawsuits are an industry standard. Protoss reached out to Glassdoor for some insight into their policies, but we were referred back to its legal page, where we were told that every review is vetted according to undisclosed standards. So Glassdoor reads and approves all reviews, but its undisclosed standards remain frustratingly hidden. So, after everything we've seen, disproportionately high approval ratings, five-star reviews from workers starting out at crypto companies, and frequent dissatisfaction in management and leadership. None of these factors exactly line up. But if crypto companies really are inflating Glassdoor reviews, they wouldn't be alone. A 2019 investigation by the Wall Street Journal showed that reviews for large companies had grown increasingly positive year on year. The investigation examined 8,500 companies and 4.8 million reviews. It outed Slack, LinkedIn, SpaceX, SAP and more for inflating five-star reviews. Now, we kicked off our reporting this week with a game of FIFA and some PS4s sucking the life out of a local power grid. Despite speculation that it might have been mining for ether, a shady operation that was busted earlier this month by the Ukrainian authorities was actually churning out FIFA's in-game token. The Ukrainian security service uncovered a 3,800-strong PS4 Slim grinding setup that was burning $250,000 per month in illegally extracted energy. According to Tom's Hardware, the suspected mining pool could have potentially mined Ether, but those behind the setup were really after FIFA 21's in-game token, FUT, or F-U-T, not sure. Sources Delo.ua found that the PS4 Slims were automated to accrue the footballing in-game currency with the goal of selling it on a secondary market. To afford the top team in FIFA 21, which includes sought-after players like Pele and Diego Maradona, you're looking at splashing out over 100 million foot. And foot fluctuates at FIFA 21's launch in October 2020. One million foot was worth about $100. And in March this year, it even hit $500. At present, buying one million foot online will cost between $45 and $70, which means if you're after that top FIFA 21 team, it'll cost you between $4,500 to $7,500. On average, the game pays out 1,500 foot for every game won, with awards also being earned by completing in-game objectives. But as with most game currencies today, players can also top up using real-world cash. FIFA 21 is synonymous with packs that players can purchase. The more expensive the pack, the better chance you have of receiving a legendary player like Pele. 
Leaked internal documents have appeared to expose EA's plan to drive gamers towards FIFA Ultimate Team Mode, which enables the in-game marketplace where these packs can be found. FIFA's distributor EA, however, denied it promoted gambling among players. In the case of the Ukrainian grind factory, thousands of PS4s were apparently running FIFA bots to play endless games, accruing foot tokens only to be sold to other players seeking a head start. As noted by Tom's Hardware, the PS4 Pro's GPU has a similar spec to the Radeon RX 580, which crypto miners often use to generate Ethereum. However, the PS4 Slim, which was used in the grind factory, uses a much smaller processor. So for now, it still seems that the console is more suited to grinding simulated football games, the mining crypto. Roger Nils Jonas Carlson, the Swede behind one of the longest running crypto Ponzi schemes to date, was finally sentenced to 15 years in prison this month, a lengthy sentence for a financial crime in the US. Carlson's story spans more than a decade and covers 49 US states. 45 countries, half a dozen aliases, and involves everything from the classic Liberty Reserve dollar derivative to Bitcoin. Carlson used a number of websites to scam his victims, who were mostly the elderly, hard of hearing or otherwise impaired. These sites were up and running as early as 2009. Carlson's main source of income, however, was Eastern Metal Securities. This company had pitched incredible returns tied to the price of gold on minimal funds and usually took less than $100 from its investors. And yet, Carlson managed to rake in over $16 million between 2011 and his arrest in June 2019 from a total of 3,575 individuals, according to the Department of Justice. Carlson was living a life of luxury in Thailand thanks to his shady earnings before he was arrested in 2019 and later extradited to the US. The scheme was simple but stupid. Sell investments known as pre-funded reversed pension plans or PFRPPs. Heard of them? There's no reason you should have because they don't actually exist. What happened was the gold-themed crypto Ponzi Eastern Metal Securities would promise a $98 investment would return 1.4 kilograms of gold worth up to $45,000. Their homepage even stated trust and a good name becomes the most valuable commodity. Eastern Metal Securities collected investments only by Bitcoin. Perfect Money and Seychelles-based digital gold processor Seagold. And if the gold didn't come, Carlson promised to refund 97% of the initial investment. Carlson started the charade with Human Capital Insurance 25, while relying on the now-defunct crypto processor Liberty Reserve to field contributions. However, Human Capital is no more. Liberty Reserve also had its websites and assets seized back in 2013 when the Fed shut down the company under the Patriot Act, charging the founders with money laundering and operating an unlicensed financial transaction company. Besides a few simple templated websites, Carlson gave very little actual infrastructure or trading to support his crypto Ponzi obscene assertions. In fact, he directed any funds sent to Eastern Metal Securities to his personal bank accounts, which he used to buy expensive homes, a racehorse and a tie resort. Acting US Attorney Stephanie Hines commented that Carlson's scheme was frighteningly callous, targeting thousands of victims, including financially vulnerable seniors to fuel an extravagant lifestyle surrounded by luxury condominiums and lavish international vacations. Hines also noted Carlson's crypto Ponzi scheme is one of the largest to be sentenced to date. Carlson pleaded guilty to securities fraud, wire fraud and money laundering charges. 
He gave up an estimated $16.26 million in recovered assets to pay back victims of his crimes. And now the US is seeking further restitution. And that's your lot. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode, but we realise there's only so much we can cover in this podcast. So if you want more of the stories that matter, check out Protoss.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Protoss podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or any other major podcast provider for more weekly roundups. We'll be back next week. See you then.